Welcome to the PHP Serverless News Podcast with your host, Bob Bloom. A production of South LaSalle. Welcome to my fourth episode of PHP Serverless News, linking capital expenditures with serverless innovation. Today is Thursday, February 15th, 2024. PHP Serverless News is my monthly look at serverless vendors and projects and at the overall industry with a shameless PHP point of view. Published on the 15th of the month with plans to publish twice a month and perhaps every other week. This is your podcast host, Bob Bloom. Links referenced in this episode are listed in my notes at phpserverlessnews.com, episode 4. I am actually late with this podcast, and I will still date it on the 15th, but the good news is by restarting this podcast, restarting my commentary podcast, I am getting back into the rhythm of producing them. This is a catch-up episode of sorts. I have a bunch of notes for this episode that I want to get to. Just a quick macro view of the serverless industry. There is a report called the Global Serverless Architecture Market Report. It is a research study by Global Market Insights. You have to pay to read it, but teasers abound. It is revised annually. The teasers are not all uniform with the info they present. The teaser on Yahoo Finance from January 2023 sports the highest number I have seen so far. It says that the serverless architecture market valuation is anticipated to reach 90 billion US dollars by 2032. The highest number with the longest time frame. The annual compounded growth rate is projected at 26%. I cannot tell you what this report considers serverless architecture because the definitions are pretty general. But I just want to convey that serverless is recognized by the analyst community as a significant market within the cloud industry. I have no hard metrics about PHP's contribution to the server or the serverless industry. As a proxy, I generally use PHP's share of Lambda revenue The least used native Lambda language represents 1% to 2%. I assume that PHP does not exceed this share. Needless to say, I think PHP has enormous potential. In my opinion, PHP is going to benefit from continued melding of software and hardware to deliver niche services fulfilling niche use cases. In my opinion, I think that the Cloudways Autonomous Service is a significant milestone of this trend. I looked at this in my previous PHP Serverless News episode. Because I am late with this episode, I am able to reference a podcast that came out on the 14th, the excellent Syntax Podcast at the website syntax.fm, episode 730, titled Own Your Own P-A-A-S platform as a service. This title caught my eye because I think that serverless may be something that in certain cases could be fruitful to run yourself, which is quite ironic because serverless is thought of primarily in terms of vendors. Maybe this is an indication of an incipient trend. 
They said that venture capital funding is drying up for many companies. This is causing companies to raise their prices to end-user customers. For some use cases, the price rise for affected platform providers is inducing customers to seek alternatives. One alternative they are contemplating in this Syntax podcast episode is doing it themselves. My interpretation of this lack of VC funding is that companies are using VC funding as a revenue substitute rather than as a source of investment capital seeking ROI. I will keep an ear out for companies shifting themselves as more self-sustaining through revenues. Later on in this episode, as part of a back-and-forth discussion about platform vendors, came the question why Amazon Web Services does not offer their own platform company. Their line of reasoning was that AWS could use their existing scale and infrastructure to offer platform services and offer it at a price that platform companies could not compete. I think that AWS is in the midst of becoming a wholesaler, my opinion, so this notion of AWS doing what, say, Netlify does is diametrically counter to AWS being a wholesaler. I have in my notes to talk about a report about computing and data infrastructure by Kleiner Perkins from back in January 2022. Yesterday's Syntax episode gives me a wonderful link between today and this report from two years ago because I want to talk about this report. A quote, it became clear that third-party serverless infrastructure solutions would begin to challenge the dominance of cloud providers. This appears to have played out beyond expectations as evidenced by the success of companies like Netlify, Snowflake, PlanetScale, and Vercel. What has been even more surprising is the cloud provider's response, or lack thereof, to this growing threat. I believe we are witnessing a shift in their collective mindset that will accelerate the I'm sorry, that will accelerate the success of the third-party serverless ecosystem. In my own opinion, AWS's lack of response is their response. They want to do what they do best, and they want other entities to bring in the customers. Let the wider ecosystem come up with the use cases. Have third-party entities package AWS services to fit those use cases and to cater to those who use it. AWS will then offer third-party entities wholesale pricing that will bring in a shit ton of volume. That is my opinion. To continue quoting from that Kleiner Perkins report, it's no secret that design and UX are a glaring weakness of the cloud providers. As this continues to be exploited, the cloud providers seem to be evolving their strategy from one of co-optition, that is, co-optition, <laughs> to full-on enablement of third-party players. Over time, I expect to see decelerating R&D investment in higher-level services and more emphasis on advancing the capabilities of their core primitives like storage, network, and compute. Oh, I like that. The core primitives. Here is the money quote. The implications of this shift are enormous. The relationship between developers and cloud providers will eventually be disintermediated by serverless infrastructure players. Well, yeah. I think so. A big reason for this podcast is to cast our eyes on the broader industry to see who is doing what, so that PHP developers can use the best tool for the job, 
where there is a growing number of tools to choose from. Maybe an implication is that VC funding is going to startups that address specialized use. I'm sorry, specialized niche use cases, a premise that affirms keeping an eye out for what is happening out there. Chances are pretty good that you have heard about the serverless framework. The company that does the serverless framework announced last November that it is spinning off its serverless cloud and calling that company Ampt, A-M-P-T. From the homepage at getampt.com, Ampt lets teams build, deploy, and scale JavaScript apps on AWS without complicated configs or managing infrastructure. Ampt automatically provisions, manages, and optimizes cloud environments on AWS. They are fully managed, highly secure, completely isolated, and come pre-configured with all the cloud resources you need to deploy and scale modern apps. The second I hear JavaScript apps, my eyes glaze over because I assume that excludes PHP, but I have not verified this. Interesting that the word serverless is nowhere to be found and neither is Lambda. I want to read a bit from the pricing page. The $7 developer tier says, Deploy to AMP, manage AWS accounts, and pay only for what you use. Ah, so you pay $7 to use the platform, and you use AMP's AWS accounts, not your own. You do not pay AWS. AMP pays AWS. You pay AMP for those per-use charges, I assume. The FAQ says that, yes, you can use your own AWS accounts, but you have to use their self-hosted plan. And in their FAQ is the question, what counts as an invocation in AMP? I gather that invocation is at the heart of AMP's pass-through Lambda costs. This is a fairly recent spinoff. Its significance to PHP developers is that it is part of the overall trend of third-party companies reselling Amazon services with value-added offerings. I also think that spinning off a separate company might be, in, might be indicative of um, VC funding of this particular entity for this particular use. I read a fantastic analysis of capital expenditure patterns of Amazon, Google, and Microsoft. The post is titled, Follow the CapEx Cloud Table Stakes 2023 Retrospective and is at platform, I'm sorry, platformonomics.com. P-L-A-T-F-O-R-M-O-N-O-M-I-C-S. Platform monomics. They do this every year, with links to previous years at the top of the article. The conclusion is that Microsoft is leading the way with AI, and from reading this analysis, I have a very new interest in Microsoft Azure. I expect new innovative server services, yes, server services, that bake in AI. I'm not exactly sure what or when, but if Microsoft is leading the way with AI, then I think maybe I should keep my eye on Azure, GitHub, for melding AI with servers and serverless. Because probably they will be the first things, I'm sorry, 
Probably the first entries of such things will come from Microsoft. This CapEx analysis says that Amazon and Google are significantly behind Microsoft. And I want to quote from the article. AWS infrastructure spending also declined for the first time ever. Given how much Amazon talks about generative AI, it is a very odd year to cut AWS CapEx. There may be a glimmer of an AI infrastructure uptick in the fourth quarter at Google, but otherwise nothing that screams code red. Microsoft is patient zero in the mad scramble for GPUs with its OpenAI partnership. OpenAI is nothing without GPUs, and those GPUs are in Azure. Microsoft crossed the chasm from training to inference at scale, serving hundreds of millions of monthly users. Microsoft AI investments are impossible to miss. To convey the scale of capital expenditures at these three companies, I quote this. The three hypercloud companies' cumulative CapEx spend since 2000 is over $820 billion, with $250 billion of that spending in the last two years. Even in the event of continued sobriety at Amazon, that number should easily pass a trillion dollars invested in 2025. Earlier, I mentioned a report on the global serverless architecture market projected to top $90 billion in 2032. These companies are spending more than that in capex annually. And I want to quote a few more paragraphs from this capex report. So, Microsoft has gone from perennially the most boring to the most interesting of our capex contestants. After being smoothly monotonic since 2016 and very consistent as a percentage of revenue, Microsoft's CapEx jumped by 45% in 2023. Microsoft expects capital expenditures to increase materially in 2024. Microsoft is reputed to be the largest customer for both NVIDIA and AMD, plus is doing its own AI silicon, and is also spending billions to rent capacity from various boutique GPU clouds. To the degree generative AI poses a real and disruptive threat to Google's search franchise, one of the best businesses ever, the response is both incredibly important and incredibly closely scrutinized. That response, as Google plays strategic defense for the first time, has been muddled. There was no infrastructure code read in 2023 at Google. The contrast with Microsoft is stark. The sleeping giant is at least stirring, but they're still at least a year behind Microsoft. In terms of the implications of AI's rise for the cloud computing business, I've argued that Google Cloud is a hobby for Google, while down the CEO's list of priorities. And I want to quote a big chunk of their look at Amazon. The biggest cloud capex news from 2023 is the first ever decline in AWS infrastructure investment. AWS was outspent on infrastructure this year by Microsoft and perhaps also Google. There are two broad dynamics in play here. The first is regime change, both financial and in leadership at Amazon. The second broad dynamic is a lot of previous capex excess. For a long time, Amazon tried to reinvest every single penny back into the business and minimize accounting profits. By 2015, they could not reinvest cash flow fast enough, and the company began to show growing profits and free cash flow. 
The pandemic interrupted this trend as Amazon revenue soared with people stuck at home with nothing to do but shop, while the company simultaneously mounted one last retail infrastructure investment blowout in 2021. They doubled the size of their fulfillment network and built their own UPS-sized transportation network, overbuilding just as the pandemic ended, a binge from which they are still cleaning up. But now Amazon is inexorably reverting to that pre-pandemic profit curve. Amazon is now a profit deal, which means costs, including CapEx, get actual scrutiny. New CEO Andy Jesse has embraced financial optimization with gusto. It has not exempted his baby AWS. This regime change probably marks the calcification of Amazon's footprint as once you become a profit optimizer, it is hard to deviate from that path to make big, bold, new investments. But beyond whacking the money-losing projects, they still need to keep their franchise retail and cloud businesses growing and profitable. And both of those require massive capex. Beyond the regime-level changes, 2023's material decline in AWS capex is quite alarming for what it says about both the existing cloud business and how they are faring in the AI race. Amazon and AWS face a host of challenges around generative AI. Despite all the rhetoric, they're way behind, and this is a space where catching up is especially hard. I think that embracing financial optimization with gusto will manifest ultimately in the word core. One day we will hear about Amazon Web Services undergoing an immense corporate reorg or a series of reorgs that really is a fundamental change in corporate culture. They will use the word core, that they need to deliver their core offerings. At the same time, they will talk of their renewed commitment to their partner and third-party corporate ecosystem. I do expect new innovative server services that bake in AI in the coming years. And based on this report of the three so-called hypercloud companies, Microsoft is most likely to deliver this innovation, which means that overnight, I have developed a sudden interest in Azure as a serverless platform for PHP. This report makes a compelling case. Now, I was going to dive, delve into pairing Lambda with PHP but I had a lot more catching up to do in this episode than I realized. I will look at Lambda with PHP in the next episode. Thank you for listening to the fourth episode of my PHP serverless news, linking capital expenditures with serverless innovation. My next podcast episode is scheduled for March 15th, 2024. You have been listening to a South LaSalle production. Opinions expressed are not necessarily those of South LaSalle Bob Bloom, nor of the organizations represented. Links and materials discussed on air are available in the show notes for this show. Information contained herein have been obtained from sources believed to be reliable, but are not guaranteed. Podcasts are released under copyright. Rights are reserved. Email correspondence to the attention of Bob Bloom at bob.bloom at lasallesoftware.ca.